people are like, I'm eating right and exercising. What the hell is going on? I'm not losing weight. And I say like, if you continued this for what you're doing right now, eating right and exercising in your own words, whatever that looks like for you, if you continued that over the course of your life, do you think that you would see the results you wanted for the rest of your life? They almost always come back with yes. Like, yes, this is, I'm doing a great thing right now. Okay. We're not panicking then. We're celebrating. We're not panicking. Everything is going to come. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. Hi, Kelsey. I'm Rachel. I look like I'm reporting the news. You do, and I actually love it. At six o'clock, <laughs> there's been a fire. At I, I really, all I need is like a suit jacket. Yeah, maybe a little suit jacket. They dress stylish now. They do do stylish, but I don't think they do hats. Oh, definitely not hats. But <laughs> I mean, I'm saying like they don't have they to wear like suit hair. jacket. Oh, well, then I'm not going to be a newscaster. It's just not the career for me. If you have to wash your hair, it's not the career for me. I'm not going to do it. I need to just like sit a different way. Like, don't like this. No, is... I think it's great. You're a newscaster. I'm casual. It's really capturing our personalities. Well, I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> My personality is newscaster-ish. Yeah, it's like it's like put together. I didn't even wash my hair. Well, like you could iron things. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I don't think I've ever ironed time. anything. <laughs> I should. <laughs> I just throw it in the dryer on wrinkle control setting. Mm, uh-huh. That's a little life hack. And if anyone didn't know that. I like it. Remember that Remember that Portuguese friend that we used to have and her mom used to iron everyone's underwear? Oh my God. Yeah. Right? And I was like, wait, like everything? Like she irons your underwear and she was like, yes. I don't know. I think... I said Portuguese there because I like, I think that's a cultural... It definitely is. ...thing on that, She's not the only one. Yeah. I've, it was like a relevant part of the story yeah. that she was Portuguese. No, I've known a couple different very Portuguese families who have done that as well. Ironing the underwear. That's the <laughs> next level put together. Yeah. That's like you wash your hair and you blow dry it. Mm, and then yeah. you iron your underwear. Don't do that. Only when my hairdresser does it. And I'm like, how does she make it so magical? And I'm like, she does things to it. But I have things to say. We have a really great podcast episode for you guys today. Might be a little bit controversial, not only, it definitely is, but we don't care. We kind of let go of that maybe two years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right around the time I stopped washing my hair. I like, okay, we just let go of that. So I'm really excited for you guys to, for that one, but I just do have some life things I need to get out there because I'm in the middle of a move <sighs> so and I we're also moving our mom. And let me tell you, <laughs> you guys. 
you guys. Okay, this is all you need to know about my mom and her state of hot mess expressness right now. She picked my husband up from the airport yesterday and she picked him up in his car and she was holding a frying pan. (laughs) (laughs) And my husband was like, hi, nice to see you. And he was like trying to hug her around the frying pan. He's like, what, what's, what's this? (laughs) She's holding a frying pan guys. And listen, he texts me as he gets in the car with a picture of a vacuum. I've never seen this vacuum. (laughs) I got this vacuum. Then he walks in with a whole thing of change, a big Ziploc bag of change. He's like, your mom gave me this bag of change. (laughs) I wasn't even going to mention the fact that there was a tree stand that was also in the car, just a, a lone tree stand that somehow... Just the essentials. Tree stand, (laughs) vacuum, bag of change, frying pan. This is what my mother travels with. This is, she's moving and she's taking the most important things. She comes into my room. She goes, she's she's packing up a house that she's lived in for 35 years, guys. She comes in with a wand and she goes, would you go to a new house without a magical wand? And I said, absolutely not. And she goes, Good. I'll put it in my (laughs) (laughs) carry-on. Don't even put it in the checked bags because it might get lost. Put the wand in the... See, but this is why you guys, you guys are so close. And this is why you vibe. Because she comes in and says, like, would you go to a new house without a magic wand? And you say, absolutely not. Like, my husband... (laughs) She knew where she was going. Yeah, he's alarmed by these things. (laughs) He like, he's like, why did your mom have a frying pan? And I'm like, I don't know, because she wanted it. She she needs it. Well, she had to make her eggs. I actually supported that. Why are you asking these questions? Why are you asking why someone's traveling with a frying pan? Like, just move on. Just... (laughs) Oh, you know, she needs it. She needs it. She definitely needs it. But like the night before, it was like the movers are coming, like everything's going and they had like made dinner and there's like chicken out, like just like made and like ready to like go back and like Tupperwares. I'm like, the guys are coming in the morning. Like this is a takeout night. <laughs> when you texted me, you said the guys are coming in the guys, the moving guys are coming in like 10 hours and I'm trying to clean out her kitchen and there's like potatoes there's still. potatoes there's she, a I whole said, draw of potatoes I, these potatoes are she, i thought i might want some potatoes on the <laughs> night before you move potatoes aren't, even, <laughs> potatoes aren't even like an, an emergency thing you make like these are whole potatoes like what are you gonna peel them chop them, <laughs> <What>? them <up? laughs> like, like keep a box of like Pasta. What? I know. I know. But you know what? Everybody does things differently. And my mom's moving. You know, I just appreciate the differences in people sometimes. And that's just how I'm going about life. So my moral of this story, if there was a moral, is just like when you see people doing weird, strange things that you're like, I would not have done it that way. Let's just appreciate the differences there because... That is what's awesome about everyone is that like you wouldn't do it the same way and some ways are more inefficient than other ways, but it makes us all bring something different to the table because I don't want to sit with a bunch of people that do things the exact same way that I do. Number one, that would drive me insane. I can't be with me. 
<laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> that, that sounds horrible. And I'm self-aware enough to know that that sounds horrible because that would be chaos. So I'm, I just go like, wow, I wouldn't do it that way, but I'm glad you're the way that you are. You know what? If there's not a moral to this story, then we all laughed about the frying pan. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> that it was Why? Okay. handheld and she was going back to a hotel so like <laughs> what? was Why? the separation like so much that you're like I can't leave this frying pan anywhere can you put that in your bag potentially okay so you guys so today's topic so good so yeah. good I don't care if it's controversial I've, I've I, like I said it's that's gone with the wind into my dirty hair. And I am, I feel like I'm doing a good PSA with this one because I just feel like if I hear this one more time, I'm going to explode in anger. I don't want to hear this phrase uttered to any more women because it's just, it's, there's a freaking laundry list of why all the ways in which this is harmful, but I don't think that the the sayer of the phrase, like the person that is giving this Delivering advice, it. it's yeah. not malicious, which that's like the biggest tragedy about it. It's like, this is said, it's not malicious. It's meant to be helpful, but it's so, so not helpful and it's so hurtful. So it's like, I just feel like this is a really good one for getting it out there that there's an alternative way to say something that would be so much less harmful. So here's the thing about health and fitness, weight loss journeys, taking control of your health. There is a language and a dialogue that's built around what you say when people are prioritizing their health, when people are losing weight, when people are starting to make healthy lifestyle changes. And the problem with that is the dialogue that's been created has been problematic. And that's how we hold up diet culture and how it's become so prevalent with every time we make a health or lifestyle change that this language is inserted, but the language is problematic. So we're not sure how to navigate that space when it comes to trying to notice changes within people, trying to congratulate or just be a part of their journey when it comes to making a health and lifestyle change and directing them in a way that might be helpful and beneficial to them when they feel stuck. This space is a difficult place to navigate. So I just want to, I do feel angry when I hear these, these phrases said back to people, but it, it really is not at the person delivering them as well. Like there's a ton of empathy that goes along with the fact that we've all been fed a ton of misinformation, first of all, and we all are working with a set of language that isn't helpful for health being the goal. And this, this, you can see this when someone, you notice someone has lost weight or you notice someone is working towards their health and fitness journey and has tried to make health a significant part of their life and they're having some success in that area. We kind of focus on the weight there because we don't have other language to insert. And the same thing happens with what we're going to talk about today when it comes to looking for advice from other people when it comes to 
nutrition when it comes to getting more movement in. Looking for advice in the same language that has been problematic is the one that we're repeating back as advice. I know. And it's, it's so prevalent. Pretty much anywhere you go, you will see this playing out in one form or the other. So the question is, from someone who is stalled in some way or feels that they have stalled in some way, most likely just start like starting out in their health and fitness journey or restarting. Restarting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the question is always the same, but just in different forms. We see people saying they're trying very, very hard to lose weight and they're having little or no success. Right. So in, in their mind in whatever like metrics they're using. So we have people coming in saying, I'm eating really well. I'm exercising regularly and the scale is just not moving. I don't know what to do. What am I doing wrong? We see this question asked in so many different ways. Usually the asker is fairly desperate at this point because they feel like they've been doing the things that are that are needed whatever their way of approaching their health and journey health and fitness journey is whether it's their dieting whether it's their you know exercising by you know walking or crossfit or like whatever however they're approaching it but they feel like they're not seeing the changes that they want to see and they think that something must be wrong so they're coming to a group of people for advice on what could it possibly be and over and over and over specifically from women we see the exact same response which is are you logging every bite you need to be tracking every single bite. Something must be wrong on your intake versus outtake on cal calories. You must not be in enough of a deficit. You need to start logging every single bite you take and being honest with what's going in your mouth. So the question is, what's happening? Why am I not seeing the results I want? And the response, although we said right off the bat, well-meaning, absolutely trying to be helpful and maybe even seeing yourself in that person and saying like, oh, what really helped me was logging every single bite, giving that advice back, but not seeing the obvious gaslighting that is happening in your answer and the very obvious sense of literally calling a stranger in most cases a liar about what, how hard they've been working or what they've been eating or how much they've been exercising. Absolutely. That's, that's the initial response because, and guys, you may have heard yourself in exactly what Rachel said. Like I have been trying hard to lose weight with no success. I've been eating well. I've been exercising regularly. The scale won't move. And I've done what I've done in the past to lose weight or cause I'm, I'm saying that because that is typically the metric that everyone is using. So I'm, t I'm doing what I've done in the past to lose body fat. I'm doing what I've done in the past to lose weight and it's just not working now. And I think a lot of people, not just women, a lot of people can hear that in themselves where like they've said this or they've come against this. And then having the response be, you need to log every single bite is definitely insinuating that person is a liar. 
because the the thought there is that you're logging well you're not really logging because you not log every bite and it just is so problematic in so many ways because we cannot start a helpful relationship when it comes to someone reaching out for help and reaching out for advice by saying that they're not telling the truth about their experience. That's not how we can create a foundation for anything helpful to follow. Now the second part about that is is that the there's no follow up generally and I get it. We want to just like give advice as quickly as we can to try and help this person. But there is no follow up for important information that you need to get after hearing something like that. When someone says, or like even with yourself, when you say like, I've been eating right. Number one, what does that look like? I've been exercising regularly. Okay, what does that look like? And important questions of like, how long has this been going on? How long have you decided to make some of these changes? What are some of the things that you're eating? What are some of the things that you're actually focusing on? And can we figure out some of the metrics that you're using that are likely inappropriate metrics? Yeah, I'm really glad that you said about starting a helpful conversation with the insinuation that you're a liar and like having to build on that. It's just impossible. It's that's not helpful in any way. And I know that people are like out there saying like, "Well, it's really common for people to think that they're eating less than they are during the day or to think that they're tracking very accurately and they're not and or think that they're burning more calories at the gym than they are." But here's the actual thing that I want to say is all of that is disordered thinking around food. It's disordered. So like all we're doing when we say like, well, you're probably eating more than you think you are. Disordered thinking, that is unhealthy. That whole line of thinking is going down a road in which you have an unhealthy relationship with food and your body. So like, I don't want to go there. There are so many more productive things that we can talk about before we talk about, yeah, but like, did you count that bite that you had when you were cooking dinner? I honestly had a woman, honestly had a woman say, I, and she, I know that this was coming from a place of help. I was, I was trying the same thing and I wasn't making any progress. And I, it was because I wasn't, I wasn't tracking the bites that I was having when I was cooking my family supper, like the little nibbles, she called them. And once I started tracking those, I realized, you know, I wasn't in the deficit that I thought. And I was just so floored by the idea of, you know, cooking your family a meal and the enjoyment and the love and just like the, the, the family time that you are spending during that. And like, wanting to like taste, you know, oh, see how this sauce is coming along or see how this, you know, thing is coming along and then being like, ooh, but hold on, I have to put that in my fitness pal. And that, uh, that hurt my heart. (laughs) That hurt my heart. It just, it's just, it's such a race to the bottom mentality of like, how little can I run off of? And how, how much can I obsess over this? If I'm not obsessing enough, then I'm not going to see any progress. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. 
I want to talk about that backdrop for a second there because this is it's a really hard one for people to break out of. And you can notice it in some of these different areas when it comes to like, we'll track every, every nibble or, you know, things like this is that it is a race to the bottom. And when we've talked about this in the past, specifically with menopausal or perimenopausal women and the fact that calorie counting, telling a woman who is in this phase of her life, all women, but I'm just going to focus here for a second, that what they need to do is eat and exercise more is detrimental to their fat loss, to their body composition, to their overall health journey. That's detrimental because when we continue to look at just eat less, just eat less, eat less, exercise more, that's a reason why you're not seeing progress. You're not looking at all of the other metrics and the thing that is the things that are going on within a woman's body during that time, the need for the increase in protein, the need for, uh, you know, different changes that we need to make for our nutritional, for our nutritional values to be able to sustain a healthy body, to be able to sustain the muscle that we're trying to keep. And when you're on a race to the bottom, think about that for a second. If your body is saying to you for, I'm just going to use protein for an example, because it is just one of those things that is like, like underfed for women, especially within this, this age range. If you're continue saying to yourself, I need to eat less, I need to eat less, exercise more. What you're doing overall eating less when you're already not intaking enough protein is just further decreasing that. Now you're not feeding your muscles. Now you're not able to sustain the amount of muscle that you maybe had previously or just trying to hold on to what is left. Now that is lowering your metabolic rate. Less muscle you have, lower your metabolic rate. So now we're just continuing lower, lower, lower. We're lowering everything so that your body is just moving at a slower pace, not maintaining the muscle that it needs to, just continuing to lower and lower. And then you're saying, well, like less calories. Of course, what you've done in the past is not going to work. And it's not built to. It was honestly never meant to work for me. No, that, that, that was, that was set up to fail from the beginning, but like also, um, how many people are going to be able to stick with an exercise regimen that has any kind of intensity when it's a constant race to the bottom, lower the calories, lower the calories, lower the calories. Now, where are you going to get that energy from to get up and go to the gym and build any muscle? Well, even if you do, you are not going to be able to build muscle at the proper rate in that much of a deficit. So it's just this constant wheel that we see women stuck on and this language just perpetuates it. And I, I want to say we do want to give some alternate language here because noticing the problem, I know you said some, you had someone who DM'd you on this the other day about Hey, I know I heard you guys say complimenting people on weight loss is definitely not always appropriate because there are so many reasons why someone could be experiencing weight loss that could be really negative. And complimenting it seems like so insensitive and counterproductive, right? But I don't know what to say instead. Because I'm like, well, I want to notice them if they're really trying to make changes in their health. I want to congratulate them. And we understand the need for alternate language. Like we can see the problems with the ones we're using. 
track every bite. That's the problem. Okay, we see the problems there. But what are we going to say instead? One of the things that I think has really, really helped me in my interactions with people is I've started using, this is just an aside, I've started using, are we venting or are we problem solving? That Honestly, I approach people. This is just like my personality. I don't know if it's Enneagram 8 or like if it's Aquarius or I don't know what it's about. I approach every single person with like, I will solve any problem that you have mentality. So if they say a single thing, I start like immediately hounding them with all of the ways in which I can help them just solve that problem. Oh, I've got ideas, right? It's coming from a place of help. It's an aggressive care bear. <laughs> it's so it's so overly aggressive in the care but like people that know me they understand that but it's still sometimes even the people that are closest to me it does not help where they're at to have an aggressive care bear come like storming the castle when their castle is really unsteady at that point and so one of the things that I've been doing is when people approach me with any kind of issue, instead of immediately going to solutions and how we can start them, I say like, are we venting or are we problem solving? And a lot of times people just want to vent. And a lot of times people are coming to you and saying, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm like, I'm doing all the things and I feel like I should be losing more weight. And it's just like, it's so hard. And you start on this, like, are you tracking everybody? When maybe all they needed was someone to say, I hear you. It's hard to make changes. Maybe they just needed someone to listen and then invent, and then they can move on and continue on their journey, like in a positive way. But you don't know until you ask. So I do want to say just for anybody who's like, you know, going about this in person, maybe just check in with anybody first, whether they're venting or problem solving. That's fantastic advice because honestly, a lot of people who are on this journey can realize and recognize that they have, it feels like forever, but it's only been a month. It feels like they have been working so hard and, and whatever, but they're like, you know, have a lot of life stuff going on too. And sometimes they just want to be able to say out loud, like, this is really hard. Like, <laughs> this is, this is really hard. Like putting, you know, health as a priority, trying to make all of these changes when I've had a lifetime of implementing problematic language and <laughs> diet culture and lifestyles that are no longer serving me. I've had a lifetime of building those habits and trying to make these new ones is really hard. And honestly, just listening to that sometimes is just like, if we could separate ourselves from inserting what we need and what we think and all of that into another person's experience for just a couple minutes, you'd be surprised how helpful that is and how much more people are willing to open up and speak to you rather than a initially calling them a liar, but like just showing a little like patience and compassion with like, I'm hearing your experience right now. I'm not trying to insert what I think you should do. I'm not trying to solve it for you because honestly, you're the expert here. And if we can like give them that confidence sometimes that like we aren't the expert, they are, they're living this every day. And I just need to hear maybe more information from you because you're the expert in your life. Like that is empowering in itself. 
Oh, I love that reframe. I'm so freaking here for that. Like, imagine not trampling them with you're an idiot and you don't even know how to track calories, you dumb dumb. Like, imagine instead being like, well, you're the expert on your body. So if we're problem solving here and you want my help, let's ask you some questions. Hello, let me stop telling you about what worked for me in my life, which is totally different than you and your life. How about instead, let's ask some questions. Okay, instead of immediately saying you're probably under tracking your calories, how about instead, hey, uh, what does healthy eating look like to you? What does that look like in the form of like meals, nutrition, like how many times are you eating a day? Like what kinds of foods do you like? What is going in every day? Like these kinds of questions are oftentimes going to give you all the information that you need. Because if the path to health was like, well, I'm, I'm drinking one, what do they call those? Slim fasts a day. And then I'm having 14 crackers. And I'm just confused on why I'm not losing weight. Like we can easily solve that, right? Like it's not like, hey, are you tracking every nibble? You need to lower your calories. It's like, whoa, we are not having, there's no nutritional value to your day. And like your body is just not going to respond metabolically correctly to that. And so we've got some problems. So just asking that question first of just like, what does healthy eating look like to you? Tell me about what kind of foods that, that you eat during a day and what kind of foods that you like is such a great, I think, first knee jerk instead yeah. of the other one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just establish a baseline of what, what are we even talking about? here because like healthy or healthy foods or exercise like that look that is so different though the range there is endless so like let's get a baseline of what are we even talking about when we're talking about nutrition when we're talking about movement the second thing i think is asking about time <laughs> how long you know you've been doing this for a while what's what's a while these are very clarifying questions that seem pretty like when you stop and think about them, they seem pretty baseline, <laughs> but we kind of skip over them. We're like, what does a while look like for you? And it honestly sometimes gets the person, gets you guys to actually think about what is this timeline looked like? Because when you're making changes, when you're making habit changes on something that you do every single day, multiple times a day, Two days can seem like a lifetime. Two days can seem like six months. Like it really is very important because you're making these change every single day. You're deciding you got to eat. <laughs> you got to drink multiple times. So like these are so many decisions. And especially when it comes to habits, we're like, we're, we're, we're so stuck in ones that we've already had for so long that like making adjustments can feel like a really long time. So let's look at actually how long has this been going on? And I need you guys to understand that when you're making changes, implementing changes that are going to hopefully carry you for the rest of your life, they don't have to stay all the same, but just the baseline of what they are when it comes to health and fitness goals, it's going to take much longer than you want it to. 
And that's why I don't like when people kind of set a timeline for at the end of the month, I'm going to weigh this in two months. I'm going to weigh this. I'm going to lose six pounds in six weeks, whatever. Like I really don't like those goals because number one, the metrics are all off. But number two, when we look at the actual time frame that some of these things are going to take, it's a short blip in your entire life. Six months in all of the years that you're going to live. Like, let's add a couple weeks. Like, let's actually look at that. This happened to me, this exact situation, because we talk to women all the time, every single day in the, in the group. And this happened to me where I used this technique of like, in you know, someone came in, she said, over the past three years, I've gained 15 pounds. I want to take it off. I've been doing everything and none of it's coming off. This is impossible. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. He came back with, Hey, um, I was just wondering like how, you know, how long you've been at this. And she responded back with forever. And I actually had to send a follow-up because like, forever is, is a while. And I said, okay, I, no, I totally hear you. Like it's, it's, it's just, if it's really difficult to feel like you've been at something and, and you're just not seeing it. Can you remember like the month of the month of the year that you started? Just try to think back, like just to try to stop her in her tracks of like, I've been doing this forever and actually just stop and think. She came back with, oh, Yeah, I do. And actually, it's only been four months. (laughs) And I was like, forever? (laughs) Four months and forever? She said she put on this weight over three years. It's been four months. I don't think there is any need whatsoever to panic about doing something wrong when you admittedly took three years to put on a certain amount of weight and you're expecting in four months to get rid of all of it. I, there's just no need to panic there. And I was going to say about the woman that said, um, you know, I really think that when I tra- started uh, tracking my nibbles is when more likely what happened was she allowed more time. It wasn't the tracking of the nibbles. It was the three months after that, that she had waited for, because, you know, we talked about this on the the habits episode with the ice cube, like we're always right on the brink, right? But we got to keep raising the temperature. But we want to point it to a thing like human nature. Like we, we do, we want to point it to this thing sent me over the edge. This was this major event because major events are, are more, they're, they're easier for us to wrap our heads around. It was and this more memorable. one thing that changed everything. It mm-hmm. wasn't all of these combination of things that came together that I've practiced over and over. And I just can't say this loud enough because this is life things for success. It's a bunch of small things repeated over and over that come together that actually make the big change. Small habits. Like they're so small, just repeated. No. And it's like, you know, saying to someone, can you remember, you know, the month or the day or the year that you started prioritizing this and letting them sit on that. And then also as a follow-up saying to them, honestly, if you continued on this path of what you're doing right now, do you think over the long term that you'd see the results that you wanted? 
Because just getting them to say like, wow, I really am doing all the right things. I think yeah. all I just need is a little bit more time. Yeah. So that's what I, I honestly, people are like, I'm eating right and exercising. What the hell is going on? I'm not losing weight. And I say like, if you continued this for what you're doing right now, eating right and exercising in your own words, whatever that looks like for you, if you continued that over the course of your life, do you think that you would see the results you wanted for the rest of your life, they almost always come back with yes. Like, yes, this is, I'm doing a great thing right now. Okay. We're not panicking then. There is nothing. We're celebrating. We're not panicking. Everything is going to come. It's like, that's the beauty of, I know this can be frustrating if you want to see an immediate change. I know this, this, what I'm about to say is going to be frustrating, but honestly, that's the beauty of health and fitness because it isn't one workout, it isn't one meal, it doesn't change in a day. And like that, it, it goes in both directions. When you're in a period of time where you're living a healthy lifestyle, you're happy with your body composition, you're happy with where your health feels, your sleep, your nutrition, all of those things. If you miss a workout, if you uh, miss a whole week's worth of workout, two weeks worth of workouts, it does doesn't it in the grand scheme of things that doesn't matter because that's not how quickly the body makes sustainable changes so you don't gain it or lose it in either direction and honestly it's a beautiful thing because it's worth it when you get there and it takes the pressure off of having to I missed a workout I'm no longer fit like that nope and if either you get a workout in, you're not at the top of your fitness either. It's It doesn't go in either direction. <laughs> it's kind of lucky in that way. I mean, I know that we want it to be faster always. Mm-hmm. But when if it you works think for us, it, we want it to be faster. It, well, that's when what I'm saying. Us, we want it to not happen at all. <laughs> it's kind of lucky because I would rather have it that way, to be honest. The third thing that I think that is really important before we start hammering people about calories is asking them if their sole measure of progress is the scale. And we have to ask this question. We have to get this into the regular language surrounding health and fitness. And we have to make this a priority because guys, if, if we continue to use this sole metric we are just going to miss the boat on what health and fitness actually looks like and what a shame that would be. And so someone comes and they're, I just, I, I can't, what's happening? I'm just not losing any weight. I get it that there are goals that are going to be fat loss. I, I absolutely respect that. And I understand that some people are saying like, I really need to lose some fat off of my body in order to feel better, in order to, you know, sleep better, all of these things. But we have to find more than one metric because that is the way that we can see and measure progress so much more true. So like, If we're looking at someone coming in and saying this, we might want to ask them about, hey, have you noticed that you're like sleeping any better though? Is your only metric right now for success the scale or have you considered, are you moving better? Like when you walk up the stairs, have you noticed you're like less breathy after that? Have you seen notable gym improvements where like you didn't have the mobility or flexibility to sort of touch your toes before and now you do? How are you living? (laughs) Okay, not what are you weighing? How are you living is the question. And when we can get people to understand that there might be more metrics, they can open up their mind to the fact that 
there might be be progress being made that they're just not counting or seeing. And then it's a lot easier to stick. Mm, mm -hmm. So talking about weight on the scale is always going to be a thing that we're going to come back to because it is detrimental, it's inappropriate, and looking at a byproduct instead of the product is, is just silly. Like weight loss, if that is the direction that you're going to go in, because it not, it, for health, it's not always weight loss, but if weight loss for a lot of people is the direction that you're going to live a healthy lifestyle, weight loss, fat loss is a byproduct of the health that you're gaining. So that is just a side for a lot of people. They see the scale go down. They see their body fat percentage go down. They, they, by looking at it, that is something that is, that they are saying like, oh, this is working because I'm seeing this. That is a byproduct sometimes of living a healthy lifestyle and not always because a lot of people see weight loss when they're living an unhealthy lifestyle. So when we're looking at a byproduct and we're not looking at what actual progress is, we're wasting our fucking time. You're wasting your fucking time. <laughs> like, like it's, it's just like, I can't say it any simpler than that. Cause it's, it's just a waste of time because like when you set a goal weight in your mind, I'm going to tell you without a shadow of a doubt, your goal weight, your goal, your dream body looks different than the weight you think it does. Okay. Those two things are very different. And we have to really talk about when you say like my dream body, my goal body, whatever, what is that? Everyone goes to like what that looks like, but what does that feel like for you? And I, I have someone that I've worked with. She had this, this dream body, this goal body in her mind, this goal weight. And she got there and just like a million times over, it did not feel good, did not feel like what she thought it was going to. And it just wasn't it. Her hair was very thin. She didn't feel good. She wasn't sleeping good. She got injured a bunch of times. That's not the weight that her body was healthy living a life at. And because you've set in your mind that this is the weight my body needs to be at, well, your body isn't on board with that. (laughs) and you're living in it. So it's not like you can leave. It's not a house you can sell. You're living in it. So if your body isn't on board with that, then it's not going to work out. So let's stop setting these arbitrary numbers that you have no idea what that actually looks like. You have no idea what that actually feels like. And instead, let's look at the things that do matter. Let's look at how we're feeling. Let's look at how we're living, how we're sleeping, how we're moving. Like you to slow down and become more in tune with those things that are actually the important metrics of how you're going to live the rest of your life. You're going to find what feels comfortable and confident for you that your body agrees with. It's not going to be this forced thing because if you get to a weight, where you're having to measure everything that goes into your body and you're working so hard to sustain it, it's not the weight for you. It's just not. You're not going to stay there. You're not happy there. You're going to hyper-focus on it all the time and it's a miserable place to be. So when you think about what is health and fitness, what is a healthy place for me? And I'm talking like body, mind, and spirit, that is health. What is a healthy place for me? A healthy place is not obsessing over my body. So if I have to obsess over the food that I intake and I have to obsess over my body to maintain this, it's not health. 
Oh, man. What a rant. I'm ranting. I'm on it. Holy shit, that was a rant. It was so packed full of (laughs) so many good things. I just, can I just slow clap for that rant? (laughs) Also, all all I could think about was you said, you can't leave your body. You can't like sell it like a house. I was like, I was thinking, well, if you do, you should bring your frying pan. (laughs) (laughs) Taking this with me. Taking this with me. No, that's that just so good. It's just, that's so good. It's so good and it so needs to be heard. And I'm freaking glad you went on that, Ran. I love you. On that note, the last thing that I wanted to say was right along the lines of what you were going off on, which is like the idea of creating an unsustainable habit is so infuriating to me. Like, Habits are so hard (laughs) to implement. They take a lot of mental energy, a lot of physical energy. It's exhausting sometimes to put new habits into place. So why in the world are we wasting our time and energy implementing a habit that we absolutely know 100% we are not going to live with for the rest of our life? If you do not see yourself tracking every single bite when you are 80 years old, then it is not a habit worth implementing. If you see yourself being able to go to the gym for an hour every day when you're 80 years old, it is a habit worth implementing. So I just want to say when people talk about like, well, you know, there's, this is, yeah, you got to just track every single bite. You got to, you got to have your, my fitness pal and you got to input everything and you, and listen, You are for habit forming there and you are purposely doing it for something that you know you cannot sustain every day for the rest of your life. So I just, I feel like it's a waste of time. I understand the implication of being mindful about the food that you're intaking. I have no qualms about that. I'm not hating on that at all. I do understand that so many people in this culture are so distracted that we, we're lacking mindfulness on everything, on everything we do. We are lacking mindfulness, driving, speaking to people, eating, all of it, right? Exercising. We're lacking mindfulness. We need to implement that everywhere. But that doesn't come in the form of like math equations of how much you think this half of a banana might be impacting your goals. Like, come on, guys. Yes, you should have a very good idea of the things that are going into your mouth every day because that's important. It is important what goes into your body. There is probably nothing more important that you're doing during your day than what you're inputting into your house that you have to live in, the one house, all the frying pans and everything. (laughs) But being mindful about it and counting and obsessing over it are two different things. And I think that we can bridge the gap between like learning about the foods that are going into our body, looking at the, you know, the back and the ingredients, thinking about whether or not we are hungry for this food, whether or not this is the choice that we want to make right now. We can do that without all of the math equations. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought that up because I think a lot of a lot of what we talk about, a lot of the themes here when it comes to 
rethinking health and fitness comes boils down to being present and being in our bodies. And some of the things that have been implemented in the health and fitness industry are designed to take us out of our bodies, to continue to give our power away, to continue to look towards different methodologies to tell us what to do in our own bodies. And that has obviously been problematic. It's obviously been problematic for every person in their life to stay outside of their body and tell me what it is that I need. And that's not, that's, that doesn't say seeking new information and listening to a wonderful podcast um, is not good things, but it's the information you surround yourself with that should be pointing you in the direction of being more present within your body, being more present within the things that you are consuming. And there's a difference between being present and chewing and thinking about what you are consuming and it is if it is serving you or if it is not serving you and obsessing over it. Because in my mind, when you're looking to the numbers and when you're looking to really like hard, you know, obsessing about every single thing that enters your body, you're moving away from the foundation of being more present, which is going to serve you long term. Because like if you're tasting while you're cooking, which is something we'll go back, go back to the beginning of this, you're tasting while you're cooking and you are being present and you're saying like, I'm just acknowledging I'm tasting while I'm cooking because I'm making this beautiful meal and I like to know what it tastes like as, as I go along. There's no problem. There's no problem with that. But the problem becomes more so when you're kind of like sitting on the couch, you're mindlessly eating, you look down, you see a whole bag of chips is gone, right? You feel shitty. You're like, oh, that wasn't good for my belly. <laughs> like that's not serving you. But at no point during that time were you actually present with what you were consuming? Were you, and are you present with the type of movement that you're doing? So like instead of some of these distractions, I would really encourage people to kind of think about some of the habits that are in place and think about some of the ones that you feel present for when it comes to health and fitness. Yeah, I mean, it's... <sighs> It's a really good point. And I almost think that the counting is another form of distraction because instead of like checking in with your body and like you're like going immediately to your phone to put input the information or whatever, or like thinking in your mind of how many calories are in this thing that I'm about to consume. It's another distraction. And so like it's really I don't know, it's really counterproductive for me. Last but not least, if you think that you are counting your calories and you have an exact count on your input and output, you have no idea how inaccurate your account likely is. So when people go like, well, you have to count every single bite because every single bite matters. And that's the only way you get your exact math right. Okay, that's absolutely absurd considering the nutrition labels of the things that you're using to count are not even accurate. These are all estimates, guys. Estimates. The count of calories on food is an estimate. The expenditure on your fitness watch of like what you burn during a workout is an estimate. If you go and try to calculate your BMR, 
your resting metabolic rate, that's an estimate. You cannot get an exact count. So when people say like, well, I'm just obsessed with the data. It's just all about the data for me. I got to know exactly what's coming in and what's going out. You are never going to know exactly what's coming in and going out. You are making a very rough estimate that is likely to be off by at least 20%. 20% is many percents. It is not accurate data. So being like, oh my God, I missed my caloric deficit yesterday by 40 calories. That's, oh, I got to make it up today. That's absurd. Likely those 40 calories are a complete miscount in, in one way or the other. So please don't be obsessed with data that is inherently inaccurate because that's just not even data. <laughs> it's not data. That's what it, that's what gets me fired up about the scale too. It's just like, well, I lost three pounds and I gained three pounds of muscle. I'm like, there's no way you could, if you had a whole year, you're talking about a week, you couldn't gain three pounds of muscle in a whole year. Like this is wildly inaccurate data. And we want the data to work for us. So when we hear it, we just like point it in whatever direction we're feeling in that moment, which is if it's either to inflict some shame on ourselves or some self-doubt, we're going to push it in that direction. If we need some justification for an increase in the number on the scale, we're going to say like, well, I've been working out harder. I must be gaining muscle. Like whatever it is, we're, we're pushing the data to work for us. And it's just, it's wildly inaccurate. And honestly, we have enough to think about. We have enough distractions. We have so many things that are important when it comes to building a healthy lifestyle that I just feel like where we put our energy is what you can control. This is something that you are in full control of is what you're going to give energy to. And if you're going to give energy to things that make you feel bad, that are inaccurate, that are not contributing to your goals, it's just like, what are we doing here? We could shift that energy because there really is only so much that we There's can only give. so much. <laughs> There's only so much. If we can shift that energy into things that are serving us, you can see so much better results and you can feel so much better about the progress that you're making if we put the energy in the right places. And if we start to, and honestly, when it comes to health and fitness, goal, journey, the entire thing. I suggest that you put so much more emphasis on the mindset that you go into all of those things with, that you give the time and energy into shifting your mindset, into shifting some of your language. And I guarantee you will see so much better results from that shift than the hyper-focus on some of the things that really are just like byproducts and just aren't sustainable. We know diet culture doesn't work. So what if we left it behind and we started to shift our focus onto what does a healthy lifestyle look like to me? What does that feel like to me? What am I doing on a daily basis that makes me feel like I'm living a healthy lifestyle? What do those habits look like? Where could I put them into my day? That's a lot to think about. I don't want to say that that's easy. That's a lot to think about. So putting our focus over there and starting to build that out and starting to build out the fact that I'm not going to put emphasis on the weight on the scale. I'm not going to put a ton of emphasis on calorie counting. I'm going to start to think about the quality of my food and the way it makes me feel, the quality of my movement and the way it makes me feel. And then I'm going to build 
my life and my lifestyle in the body that I'm in around that. Because all the other distractions about what the weight is that I want to be at, what the body composition that somebody else is living in, like all of those things are all distractions. They go away when you refocus and decide what it looks like for you. It's so cool to just clear out the noise and be able to really focus on what's important. I think so many more people would regard their health and fitness journey as a successful one if they could cut the noise. It's it's really all that. So hopefully this has been helpful for you guys in we want to help people on their journey. That is literally the whole entire point. So we see someone reaching out for help. Hopefully these are, you know, some, just some language shifts that we can start to implement that will still really show them the support and and love that they deserve, but in a way that's actually going to be productive. So I like changing the language around it. And I really hope to see some of this, you know, in our group as well and just out there in the world, just like bring it out there because the women need to hear it. We love you guys. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.